Thank you so much for joining us here at Quadrants of Mental Health. This is episode 103. As the preacher told, was telling the story one time about this bank robber. It was a bank, uh, the bank was held up and the detectives and everything was looking and trying to find out what, what, what took place. And one of the detectives told the president of the bank, it's an inside job. So what I got from that is life is an inside job. You yes, got it to, is. You got to play within before you play outward. Yes. So that's, it, that's awesome. That's it's, it is awesome. Always an inside job. Always. And inside. if you're stressing about money, you got to work on the inside out. Man, it's, yeah, <laughs> don't chase money because you would be surprised what meditation will do for you. Just deep breathing, just exercising will do the peace that comes, the ability to think and process. Yes. Because I mean, I could give you an example. Here we are in a studio that I had no idea a year ago that would even be in existence. Wow, isn't that something? You know, but it was through not having that day-to-day job and being able to sit back and meditate and pray and, and, and get understanding and wisdom that it just came to me and I said, well, if you're going to have the studio, why not use the studio and then rent the studio out to you know? other people who want to benefit from this medium of podcasting, okay? Now, I want to say this again because some people may have just tuned in and May not have heard it in the beginning. Um, Mr. Wendell Cheatham, he is a native of the Richmond area, born in Chesterfield County, has a master's degree in business education, financial coach, overall um, successful in the insurance industry. And I had him on today because we were talking about finances and the benefit of finances as it relates to the mental health piece. Because when you get that stress off of you, you, you live at another level. And being in the insurance industry, you deal with, we do deal with death, correct? Oh, no question. So you deal with that part of it. But a lot of times the tragedy comes about when you meet people or hear of people who died and did not leave anything for their family. Because you mentioned earlier, the worst thing could happen is for the primary breadwinner in a home to pass. Well, besides that, most important thing is talking about money, talking about the future with your family. A lot of times... You get a lot of money and you don't know what to do with the money. Yes. I mean. that's the, But that's the next generation. <laughs> See, we were yeah. talking about the first generation yeah. of, of leaving it. Yeah, well. And then the second generation comes about, what are they going to do with it? <laughs> I had a situation not recently that this uh, good client of mine left uh, quite some of money to his children, his four children. And he did not really educate them about money. And they were fighting. They were literally fist fighting about this money. And that's a common and, and story, it, though. It, it 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 shocked me. It was it was terrible. And within a year, the money was gone. Gone. The second generation, and that's why you know, as a parent coach, I work with um, parents primarily. You know, I used to work with kids, but my main goal now is working with parents, and I teach them mind, body, spirit, and finances. Right. Take care of yourself, your mind, your body, your finances, your spirit, finances. But your second responsibility is to teach your children values and standards. That's right. That's right. See, now I teach my children the values and standards of what? Mind, body, spirit and finances. Yeah. So now the second generation should take whatever is left for them and make it better for the next generation. That's true. But That's true. I, I, I've seen this happen 
within the black culture and other cultures is just blows my mind. The money's left, right? Mm-hmm. And then they go out and buy a car and, and, and pimp the car out. As they say, they will get off. I mean, I knew a guy, he went and got a hum. What is a Humdi? A Humdi. He went and got one of those and, and put an extra $50,000 into the car. Yeah. And he was broke. Yeah. I, I don't understand the ration. But then when I found out his history and how he was raised and what happened, he was not taught. Showboating. I mean, um, flashy, flashiness. I mean. But there was nothing left for nothing, the next generation. Nothing. He squandered it on a depreciating asset. And I hate to even call a car an asset because it's, it's really not. It's a. It's transportation. That's all it is. It's transportation. You know? From point A to point, point B. Point A to point B. That's all. That's you know? that's the real of what it is. But he went and grew up, bought a Humvee. Now, can you imagine the gas, the gas, the maintenance? He didn't factor any of that in. That's right. And it's one of the things that second generation um, wealth will do. They become poor within a short period of time because they go out and buy things like Go out and buy clothes. Go out and buy this. Go, you know, want to buy furniture. Jewelry. Jewelry. Jewelry, you know, yeah. and, 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 and and don't even fix their house up. Getting the hair done. And don't even buy a, a, a bigger house, which would create more equity for them. Well, which fix the house up wealth. that you have. You could create equity. I exactly. Mean, I mean, I've seen a lot of people leave their homes to their children. And what the children do, first thing, sell it. Sell it. And um, sell it. The house could be located in a, in the best location in the world, and if they be patient enough, it could double or triple. I have experienced that myself. Well, within um, a family that I was close with, the matriarch of the family passed away and left land, 20 acres of land, to five members of yeah. that family. And they sold it right in the height of the market, boom, yeah. for $25,000 per acre. Yeah, the sad part about it is, had they gotten a, uh, an appraisal done, which mm-hmm. would have cost two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. they could have gotten sixty-five thousand dollars per acre. My gracious! Had they just gotten an appraisal, that's cost too much. Two hundred dollars is a lot of money for appraisal. So, <laughs> five. Let's see, four out of the five, they went out and bought brand new cars, paid cash for cars. Now, those cars today are worth nothing. Nothing. And they have nothing. They have nothing. My thing would have been, this is what I would have suggested they do. Okay, you guys got this land. It's worth X number of dollars, over 300000 Why don't you uh, become a contractor, lot it, and build a house, sell the house, build the next house, sell the house, you know, because you can be a developer, you know. You have to. And make, make money off of the land. Someone had to teach you that right someone you had to read something you had to see twenty five thousand dollars now i wouldn't even been upset had they taken that twenty five thousand dollars and put it all together and put it into an annuity account or something that was going to grow over time for them you know i wouldn't have been upset if that because the next generation would have benefited from that even at 25 even though they could have gotten 65 that's a forty thousand dollar deficit there you know what I'm saying? But over time, over 20 years, 30 years, that would have been huge mm. rate of return for them. But they mm. so, they sold it and bought cars. Yeah, that's a common story, you know, because you, you were talking about the, the next generation and what they do. And they really don't leave anything for the third generation. We don't even think beyond the, 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 the me, you know. Well, I guess I've been very blessed to have a 
grandparents that taught me about leverage and about long-term, long-term. They always talked to me about the next generation. I didn't understand what they were saying, but as I got older, I understood. But we have to, we have to teach and, and explain, teach the vision. We have to, we have to put that vision out, thinking big. But thinking, long, think and grow rich. Think and grow rich. Think. It's all about thinking. Thinking. It's you know, and, and, and when I when I used to go out and do uh, financial seminars, and now I do both. I would do financial and I would do the, the parent coaching or parent education piece, you know, from the mental health. So I try to help p- people with both. But one of the things I always tell people, rule number one, in any arena, rule there's one rule that you must follow, and that is to ask. Ask. My gracious. If you follow that one rule, any question you ask, you will get an answer to. Wow. And here's the here's the next question. Here's how you phrase it. How can I? How can I? A, B, C, whatever it is. How can I? The people who ask that question, they always get an answer. How can I? How can I become a millionaire? That, how can I get out of the projects? How can I how can protect I? my family? How can I? Whatever it is from a mental health standpoint, you will get the answer. And if you ask enough people, Somebody will help you or point you in the direction that you need to go in. That's that's when I was a young man in my 20s, just getting into the insurance business. I saw all these guys making all this money. I went into the to the head man's office and said, how can I make 50000 next year? Did he show you how to do it? He looked at me like I was lost by, uh-huh. <laughs> lost by rock. Uh-huh. But eventually, over with patience, he did show me. He showed you. He showed me. Because you showed him that you were serious. Yes, yes, yeah. He, I asked key. him, I asked him. I asked, he said, no one asked me, no one, no one. Had uh, ever asked him that question? Asked that question before. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And that man, that man is a multi, multi-millionaire. Uh, he's 88 now. Wow. But Did I, you say I, he's I, one of your mentors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was, um, that's how I stayed in the industry because the industry was so tough and so, so challenging because you get no's all the time. Yes, but it you gives know. you mental toughness. Uh, it does. It, it, it you know. And, I, and the thing about it is once you develop mental toughness oh, and man. insurance, it's, you can go into ABC, whatever it you is. You'll just, you just, you just laugh and say, <laughs> that's nothing. What else you got? <laughs> what else you got? Bring it oh, on. Well, that's, and that's what people that's, need to understand. Even in multi-level marketing, that's, that's the one of the skills that is developed through that is mental toughness mental toughness is one of the i think is a top priority in everybody i see this world is not tough mental no. mentally tough no not at you all. know if you say boo they will just oh i need medication i'm too stressed right I'm now i'm stressed you know, you know, and, and I'm not trying to make light of it, no, but that's no, the reality but the, 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 of the in the industry. When I was a young man, um, I was depressed. I, I went to the doctor because eight o'clock in the morning, I would uh, be at the at the um, stoplight, and this light is green, and I'm I'm asleep. And so my my boss said, "You need to go check check out, see what's going on." And I went to the doctor. He told me I was depressed. I need to get out of the insurance business or whatever I was doing or do something. And you know what I did, Arthur? I developed a routine exercise program. Every morning I got up and I walked or jogged, and that got the stress off me. Mind, body, spirit, and got finances. Me. It got me. And once got, the stress came off, you would have It got me focused, and it got me 
it got me it got me right man so yeah. it i mean exercise got to take care of the body praying just say thank you so lord goes, for the day balance balance you're talking balance now i'm talking balance now balance yes. just like that chair you're sitting in it has what four Bal- legs four legs it's balance yes Take one of those legs off, and this is going to be a different interview. Because not will you be focused on what we're talking about, you'll be also focused on trying to balance yourself. Mm. And a lot of people live their life out of balance. Out of balance. You know, and when you bring balance back, and it, and the doctor gave you a conscious wake-up call. He did. It was you the know? best call. And the good thing about it is you heard the call. And I you didn't take his advice because he wasn't your mentor. Right. You know, but the reality of it is you heard the call and you were willing to make the adjustments in your life and you found your path. You know, that's through the prayer and meditate. You did more than just, you know, just start exercising. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it yeah. changed it change. your whole mental state. Well, you get up in the morning and you smell the fresh air and hear the birds. It just changes your mind, your, yeah. your, your, mental, your mental state. And it's all mental, man. It's mental. It's so it mental. takes me back to the person in the projects. Because I have a, I have a, a, a heart for those people, for for those who live there. Because I I come from there, you know. But you it's could, possible you could to be get in out. the you could be in the ghetto or in the projects and not be in the projects. Exactly, because I didn't have project <laughs> mentality. That was just where I lived. Yeah, you know, and I just didn't do those things that others did. Because my saying was, if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. Mm. Powerful. You know, you can't follow the masses and think you're going to get rich, Man. you know, and, and I say this, I've been saying this since I was in my twenties and people laugh at me, but they know this is my saying. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Mm, so right. I'm not going to do things that's going to not put me in a position to win, you know, long term, long term, you know, because I had opportunity to sell drugs, you know, I could sell drugs, but I said, what's the long term effect of me selling drugs versus me getting this job? And learning these skills or reading Thinking Grow Rich. Well, you know, I'm going to share this with you that it just came to mind. Um, life, um, being successful in life, um, being um, wealthy or successful. We have a, um, a, a date that we come in this world we don't have no control of. And then we have a date that we leave this world we have no control of. Yes. What we do have control of is the dash. Yes. In the middle. And I heard. This something, and I, I I preach this all the time, or try to instill this to anybody that I talk to. The dash, D A S H. The D stands for discipline. Okay. If you have discipline, and we think that, and and the best time to have discipline or to to develop discipline is when you're young. Yes. But discipline is crucial in your success. The A stands for... Before you give the A, let me give you my definition of discipline. Okay. Remembering what you want most instead of right now. Mm, I like that. See, I might want to go to the movies, but I have to discipline myself and save that money because I don't need to buy a car. Ah. See, that's discipline. Okay, that's good. Discipline. Remember D. remember what you want most instead of right now. Mm. Think long term versus okay. short term. Very good. Now, go the, a, with the, a. the A stands for... Attitude. Yes. You've got to have a positive attitude. You've you got to, your attitude, you can whip the, the smartest man in the world or whoever. If you have a good attitude, you, you, you can climb the ladder of success. Yes. And the uh, um, D-A-S, the S stands for sacrifice. In life, you have to sacrifice. You have to give up something. 
in order to gain something. Yes. And the last one is my favorite. The H stands for habits. You can develop okay. good habits or bad habits, but but um, the habits, you know, a bad habit is very easy to form, but it's hard to um, um, deal with as you get older. <laughs> you know, for example, smoking. It's cool when you're young to smoke, but as you get older, it whips your butt. But um, a good habit is hard to develop when you're young or when you a good habit is just hard. It's like making your bed, cleaning your room. But it's automatic as you get older. You just do it like you tie your shoes. and, and Like breathing. Like breathing. It, we don't think it, about that. Don't think about it. Just do it. Just do it. And it's a beautiful thing. And you talk about wealth. I think that's... That's a very fundamental principle thing of wealth. If you follow that that right there, you can't help but to um, be wealthy and be successful in whatever endeavors you you choose. I mean, you, you're so right. Now, what what you just described to me, this is what I heard. You know, yes, today's program is on financial wealth. Yes, generational wealth. Yes, insurance being a way of creating that. In fact. Most people don't realize this, but anybody can create wealth. There's two, right. two main ways of doing it. It is through life insurance mm-hmm. and through real estate. That's true. When you buy a house, when you own a house, when that house is paid off, that's generational wealth. But that's you right. have to teach the next generation. With insurance and you pay the policy, if something happens, you're creating generational wealth. But you have to teach the next generation. That's right? true. But when it comes to creating generational wealth, we can look at it from a mental health standpoint as well. Very good. And look at the dash. Because if we teach discipline, attitude, positive mental attitude, the ability to sacrifice, and daily habits, that's generational wealth. (laughs) Can you imagine if your great-grandchildren would say this quote right here and know what it means you know what I'm saying? That's generational wealth because now it's transferred to the next generation. It's transformed that generation Mm -hmm. because I always say this, what's not transformed gets transferred. Mm. So we have to renew our minds and teach our children to think and renew their minds as well. And now you're creating generational wealth, even though it's not money, but money follows. That's right. We don't have to chase money. Money will chase you if you have the right attitude. And that's the legacy of, of the generational wealth you're talking about. Yes. Leaving a legacy. Yes. Sometimes, you know, I used to look at my parents, grandparents and my parents too. I said, they didn't leave me nothing. And then I started thinking, oh, they left me the wisdom, the wisdom. principles. Yes. And, and now I'm able to build upon that yes. and leave my generation or the next generation something of value exactly because you don't know how they will internalize that process and what it will materialize in their lives yeah you know they may not get into insurance but they yeah. could be the next facebook man it's just with these <laughs> principles you know what i'm saying they could be the next um it, it, bloomberg you just don't know don't know but, but it's all principles and that's why i say as parents we have to teach values and standards to our children very well well said. Teach values and standards. Take care of yourself, love, care, you, love you, and teach values and standards. And that, to me, is the essence of mental health. It's the essence of mental health. You know, that's, that's when right. you can teach mind, body, spirit, and finances, and teach values and standards, there's nothing stopping that child. 
That's right. You know, but when you meet a shy child, you meet a child that's scared of everything. You meet a child who who's comfortable in the projects and don't have the desire to or aspire aspiration to get straight A's in school. Mm. You know, it's something wrong at home. Yeah, but and I think it's something else. Um, two things came to my mind when you said that. Um, first of all, um, I was shy. I was real shy. My, making my first um, sale was very devastating. But the thing that's, that calmed me down and gave me confidence, a verse in the Bible, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I said that before I did anything, it kind of calmed me and gave me strength that it's not about me. It's not about Philippians four thirteen. Yeah, it's not about me. And right. um, so, so I want you to slow that down, okay? Okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. You okay. said it's not about me. It's not about me. So, did you know that most people who are shy, who do they think about most of the time? <laughs> me. Me. So, so in essence, if you only think about yourself, then you're really being selfish. Wow. You're not selfless, you're selfish. And that's why it's important to to disconnect from that selfishness. What are people going to say about me? Would people people might not like me. They might say no. They might it's not about you because if you have something to offer, something to give, then you feel comfortable in that. You because I used to be shy. When I realized that I was being selfish, I said, "Okay, I can stop this." You know, it's not about me. And I start reading books. And that's why that's why it was important for me to read. Because when I started reading, I was at TV station one day and one of the guys, the host didn't show up. They said, well, okay, we got this hour. Who want to do a show? I said, I'll try. You know, I was willing to go out there, but I talked about what I knew. I didn't talk about science or anything. I talked about money. Because I knew about money and I knew it was blessing me and helping me and the phone started ringing. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be willing to take your eyes off of yourself. And most people don't see selfishness, selfishness that way, but you actually said it. Take my eyes off of me. It's not about me. It's not about me. But, you know, but when we call a spade a spade, I'm saying it, it's selfishness. It's like I like the reaction I get in people's eyes because they really didn't think about it that way. Had you thought about it that way before? No, I didn't. That was very good. But it makes sense, though. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because most shy people, they only think about themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's that's out that's throughout the gambit of mental health. You know, if you if you're only thinking about yourself, then you're selfish. But when you can come outside of that and, and help other people to grow and mature, that's why I say self-care is so important. Mind, body, spirit and finances. Because when you work on you, my blessing was when I started working on me, guess what I want? I want everybody to work on themselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I when I healed myself mentally, yeah. I said, OK, everybody can do this. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. teach a free parenting class for that very reason, okay. you know, because I said I was blessed. I was helped through it. Let me help some other people get through this process. Mm. And I, I mean, I could do a whole nother story on story after story of people that was have been transformed. Yeah. Because I tell people what's not transformed gets transferred. OK, we have about four minutes left today and I'm going to uh, let Mr. Wendell Cheatham close out. With something you may want to impart to the people, some wisdom. Um, I want to thank you for really helping us to cover this subject on generational wealth. I think it was a blessing. Hopefully someone got something out of it. Hopefully. I always say the greatest compliment ever given is the referral of a friend. 
So if you gain anything from this program, please, please refer other people to this program and subscribe to this program as much as you can, okay? Because otherwise you will um, miss your blessing, okay? Um, sharing and caring and helping other people has always been a thing that I've always enjoyed doing. Uh, Mr. Cheatham, you have any closing words? Well, um, mind, body, spirit, and finance. I think that's an awesome topic. Getting your mind properly engaged on the right things, your body physically fit, spirit knowing who made you, and finance knowing where you want to go, knowing knowing what you want to do. Always remember, whatever you enjoy doing, that's probably what you need to focus on and starting a business and working on your on. But the last thing I wanted to share with you is I think everyone should have a hobby. Some, you should have something that you enjoy doing that will allow you to be yourself and free your mind and free yourself up. Volunteer. Go talk to your neighbor. I think we're losing the sense of connecting with one another. We always we on the internet and the phone, all this technology. But I think the human touch is what we're missing this day and time. Go and love on somebody. Give somebody a hug and um, you'll be surprised. That hug or that whatever you do for someone else, it might benefit you greater than you think. That's about it. That's, that's awesome. And we have about a minute left, minute and a half. And, and I will um, like to close out with thanking you for participating. Thank you for listening. Uh, we would enjoy feedback from this program. If you've gotten something out of it, if you have a particular topic or subject you would like to um, talk about on here, you can also reach us at, let's see if I can get the email address correctly. It is quadrant podcast studio at gmail.com. Very easy. Quadrant podcast studio at gmail.com. If you for any questions or comments about this program or any program that you may hear from us. Okay. And also remember, like I said, the greatest compliment ever given is the referral of a friend. And also, based on what Mr. Cheatham just said, I was in with this. Giving begins the receiving process. And with that being said, thank you for tuning in and God bless. <laughs>